0: is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey guys, welcome to Upbeat, and thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. And if you like the show, leave an upbeat review that is always super appreciated, so thank you for that. We've got a great episode for you today with a guy named Jason Douse. Jason is a strength and conditioning specialist that has been helping guide elite athletes for well over a decade now. Uh, When his personal life collapsed in early 2017, he began to slowly overhaul his lifestyle by installing new daily habits. Uh, And this transformation ultimately led him to the creation of his brand Epic, a brand that encourages actionable health wellness, and lifestyle change. Epic is the culmination of Jason's passion for helping others begin to make the changes in their lives that they really want to. In this episode, we dive into the top five most important topics around health, which is sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, and goals. Uh, And Jason does an absolutely phenomenal job breaking down each of those categories for us. So without further ado, let's get into it. Jason, thank you very much for being here on Upbeats. I appreciate it.
1: Parker, thanks for having me. Very nice to meet you and connect.
0: Yeah, likewise. Uh, I'm excited to get into this. Um, I really enjoy doing podcasts at the beginning of a year because I think right now a lot of people are, well, by the time this goes out, it'll be a few weeks into the new year. And so they're kind of at that point where they may have come up with some goals and they just need some reminders to stick with them and things like that. And specifically your expertise with health and wellness and sleep and nutrition and um, stress management, those kinds of things. I think that's going to be really, really cool episode for right now.
1: Yeah, it's an important time, right? A new year is a new start. It's it's a time to refresh and, and revisit ideas that you want to tackle for the new year. And a lot of that can get lost in the idea of resolutions because those can be a little bit fleeting. And if those don't, results don't happen right away, we can kind of lose motivation. And then it's four or five, six months down the road and we've kind of lost track of things, right? But the new year is important. It gives you a new start and a new outlook to, to create the change that you want to make. So that's what I'm sure we'll get into today.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and first, I guess before we get into those tactics, I really want to introduce you to the listeners. Uh, so if you don't mind just sharing with us a brief version of your story, like maybe what things were like growing up, what yeah. you were passionate about, what led you to where you are now, things like that.
1: Yeah, I'll try and make this brief because this can kind of be a drawn out section and I don't want to put anyone to sleep right off the bat. But (laughs) I grew up in a small town in central Ontario. So about 90 minutes north of the city of Toronto, small town, middle of nowhere, about 2000 people. Um, Growing up was always very active, uh, very interested in like creative work, uh, very like imaginative, I guess you'd say. remember going to school and then being told, like I remember my parents telling me the first before the first day of school, I was like, you go to school, sit there, don't say anything. If you get in trouble, you're going to get in more trouble when you get home. So that kind of like put me into a box that I was stuck in at the school system for the next 20 years, roughly, where I just went to school and didn't really say much because I was scared of getting in trouble or, or speaking out of line. But throughout that time, I fell, fell in love with baseball, um, played as much as I could growing up, wanted to make it to the major leagues. Uh, Around the time, I guess probably 12 or 13 years old, I found my dad's old set of like concrete style free weights in the basement, started messing around with that and noticed that my game started to improve. And then it was one year I asked for like one of those old weight machines for Christmas, you know, like one of those York weight machines that kind of had a bunch of different options that you could do different exercises on. So I was fortunate I received that for Christmas one year, and that's when I just started to to just fall in love with training, training in the basement. I come home every day after school and was kind of just messing around with, with things in there. And like I said, I, I noticed that the impact it had on my performance. So hitting, running, throwing all of that. And that just kind of led me down that path. So for me, like I wanted to play professionally. That was my goal. That was all that I was focused on. Literally every single day, come home from school, I'd be training and if I wasn't, I'd be out in the backfield behind my house, throwing a baseball up and hitting it. This was back in the day where we didn't really have these facilities like we do now, where these kids can go in and hit and throw for hours and hours on end. But that was my way of just trying to find ways to continuously improve. Um, Had an opportunity to go to a junior college in the States. Unfortunately, my parents couldn't help out financially. They didn't offer any kind of financial uh, assistance in that regard. So that fell through. I ended up going to school here in Ontario, uh, did my degree, wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to get into the more of the athletic therapy side of things. So dealing with injuries and helping rehab injuries, Switched gears a little bit and discovered strength and conditioning. I'm like, wow, I can actually help build the engine up, build the car up, build the athlete up, as opposed to just fixing it when it breaks down. So that led me more into strength and conditioning and just went down that path. Started with general personal training, helping people with kind of their generic fitness goals, fitness and health goals, and then had the opportunity to begin working with athletes more. And then through one thing led to the other, and I was able to actually work in professional baseball for about 10 years. So um, didn't get there as a professional player, but still somehow managed to kind of make that dream come to life in in a different way of sense so that's kind of the brief synopsis of everything that led me up to following that career path
0: awesome yeah thanks for sharing that and uh so i guess is it safe to say then that your first like original like real passions were were sports and then just anything that you could do to to make yourself better at those
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was just exploring that, that passion for sports, right? Like that's always focused on. I was just completely driven on nothing was going to stop me from, from getting there. And it's a matter of just continuing to, to put in that work to make it happen. So
0: got it. And so has that changed at all, or are you pretty much still really passionate about that? And now you've built a career where you're still kind of in that niche.
1: No, I'm I'm still in that niche, but it's 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 expanded a little bit. So if we can uh, back things up a little bit. So I worked in professional baseball for 10 years. This was 2017. We kind of alluded to it in the intro, but I spent my whole life kind of working up, accomplishing things that I wanted to do. Right. It's one goal after the other, like I'm sure a lot of people experience, right? You're focused on certain things and you're focused on accomplishing this and accomplishing that and getting to the point. Was in a long-term relationship, had a job that I love, a dream job for me. Um, Eventually bought a home together, got married. And then all of a sudden, just via text message one day, I was actually last day of spring training before I was heading home. um, Briefly before starting the season, um, text messages revolved around, hey, when you get home, I want to talk. Like, oh, what the heck is, what is this about? Um, so fast forward a little bit, that was seemingly out of nowhere. My marriage was over and my life completely changed. So that was a, a significant change and kind of fast forward down that path a little bit, uh, developed um, a lot of a lot of daily habits that kind of helped me navigate that process. And we can get into this a little bit more. But um, through that time, I was still working with athletes, and big part of that was was just helping them on a daily basis um a lot of parents were reaching out they wanted to start getting involved in training i'm like okay well we can throw you into an exercise program right now but if we're not taking into account these other factors in your life like are you sleeping? Are you How stressed are you? What's your nutrition like? Just throwing you into an exercise program may not be the most beneficial thing for you right now. So we want to look at these other aspects of your life to put you in the best position to succeed and move forward.
0: I mean, you've mentioned something that must have been a, a huge trial for you. Um, it's never easy to go through that. I, I mean, I haven't been married and divorced, but I am a, a child who went through that. My parents yeah. were divorced and uh, it's a difficult transition, I'm sure. Um, and one of the questions I was going to ask too was just what has been like one of the most pivotal changes that you've made. And so I'm wondering if that happened around that time and if that's what we were about, what you were about to get into.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, right? It, is, it made so many so many changes as a result of that. But to back things up a little bit. So that happened before the start of a, a baseball season. And I still had to go off to work and work that entire course of that season. So that's six months. It was in the minor league. So that's six months every single day where you're pretty much gone. And I'm just immersed in work. And this thing is obviously like always in, in my mind, every single moment of the day at the field, this is not as bad, right? Cause you're around the other guys and you're busy. So you have those distractions. But the thing that really got me is when I would get home back to my apartment or back to the hotel if we're on the road. And then that person that was always at the, the other end of that phone was gone, right? So now you're dealing with, okay, a sense of loneliness, a sense of abandonment, uh, a lot of different factors that I had never really encountered before in my life. So finding ways to navigate that, got through the season, got back to my home. Um, my ex had had moved out at that point. I had a couple months before the house was sold and, and had to move on in terms of finding a new place for myself. But it was at that point when I got home after the season where I really started to to put things in place. And I remember sitting down one morning, I was like, okay, there's two ways I can go about this. I can kind of ignore it, put my head down and just pretend nothing happened and continue down this path. Or I can take a different way and just continue to work on myself, expand on things that I, I need to fix it within myself and just continue down that road. Right. So I literally envisioned this fork in the road and I can go this way, the way I've kind of known for the last 10 years, or I can go this way, which is unknown, but I know it's going to pay off better in the future. So that's the path I went. That's the path I went down. And it was about kind of a year before that I I started exploring meditation a little bit, but during that first month at home, I challenged myself to do it every single day. And it it was during that point where it's just like the factor of momentum. One thing led to the other and you're, you're starting to notice like how much better you feel like, okay, I don't have this much level of anxiety anymore. I'm not as stressed out about this. Like my outlook's a little bit better and it creates a snowball effect and you're continuing to, to add new things and just pursue that route. So that's, that's the avenue I went down and that was kind of the, the linchpin into to launching me to where I'm at today.
0: You know, it's interesting how most people i would say feel like like there's just something blocking us from from focusing on ourselves and i don't know mm-hmm. why that is i mean fear is usually a big <clears throat> part of it or people thinking like i i mean i'm supposed to focus on others and and always do things for others and we just either forget to or almost sometimes refuse to just like focus on ourselves and specifically with meditation I feel like a lot of people just are almost afraid of doing that because they don't want to self reflect too much. (laughs) And they don't, they don't want to really look at the problems that are going on in their life and face that head on.
1: Yeah. And and there's so many things to that. And I remember having this exact conversation with my boss at the time, like I, it took a couple of months, but after I was home, I I told him like, I wasn't going to come back because I had to, I had to change all these things in my life. And it was the analogy I use is what they use on an airplane, right? Like if the oxygen mask comes down, you have to put yours on first before you can help anybody else. And that's that's the analogy that I use. I'm like, I just need time to, to work on me and address these things because I can't help anybody else if I, if I just block that and, and, and ignore it. I have to take care of myself first and then I can improve everything else around me from my work relationships to my friends and family and, and community at large. So that's really the most important thing is taking that time and getting out of that distracted state right it's so easy now to just be caught up in distractions all day long and get caught in that busy um hamster wheel you know, just being busy all day long but when 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 that all stops and the silence kicks in and you're with yourself like that's that can be a tough Scary thing for a lot of people, right? So there's a lot of different ways that we distract ourselves, whether it's social media, whether it's TV, whether it's food, sex, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, those are all distraction measures, right? So if we can begin to identify those and become aware of those, then we can start to, to create change. And, and everything really starts around that idea of, of being able to sit with yourself, sit with your mind and begin to know yourself.
0: I love that. Well, I'm wondering uh, just timeline wise here, when did Epic become like a major player or like, when did you know that going, like going from helping yourself, but when did that shift to you being like, okay, I want to help other people with these exact same things.
1: So it was about six months. We didn't have the, I didn't have the framework of, of what exactly it was going to be, but I knew I had to expand my reach outside of just athletes. Right. So working with athletes for, for 10 plus years, it, you're, you're helping so much more than just the strength and conditioning, the training aspect, right? You're helping to develop routines. you an athlete comes in, they say, Hey, I want to do this, but I don't really know which way to, to go about it. And you're creating habits and you're creating routines. So that's what I began to flip and work on within myself. And then, like I said, I was having parents come to me and like, Hey, I want to jump into training I'm like, okay, well, there's all these other factors we need to take into account yeah yeah we can put you in the gym two three four five days a week and crush you but that's not going to help you right like that's just we're adding another thing on top of all the other stuff you already have so it was a few months down the road where I was starting to realize okay like how can we help as many people as possible how can we help people navigate these things and it was just kind of um, expanding into some lifestyle programming for clientele and I was like okay well How can we make this bigger? How can we expand this? How can we make this a brand to create a little bit more reach and and be a little bit more uh, appealing to people? So that's kind of where that was created. And it was late 2018, I guess, where we came up with the name and the logo and and the website. And then 2019 and and 2020 was a big year in, in terms of everything stopped, obviously, for a lot of us. And so training was stopped, everything was stopped. And then we just kind of pivoted hard on, on some things that we want to accomplish in the next two, three, five years. And I just put my head down and went to work on how can we make those things happen starting in 2020 and getting us through 2021. So that's kind of a fast forward story of, of, of where that came from.
0: Awesome. Well, I was curious, right when I heard about you um, and when I looked up, Uh, epic and i looked at some of your merch too which by the way very cool looking Um, thank you but i I was curious immediately how did you come up with the name
1: you know what i actually searched i forget the exact term that i searched up but it was like new beginning new start just did a google search and came up with all these different words and then with epic it's just that idea of a new beginning a new start a time of significant importance so I'm like, wow, this is perfect. This is exactly what it is for anyone who's wanting to make a change in their life. Like this can be the beginning of your new epic, right? This can be the start of your new life. And and that's what we found with um, starting the podcast this year and working with clientele is that it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. So many people we've talked to, they've overcome significant points of adversity, significant points of trauma, significant life events. they've pushed through it right they've stepped through that fear they've continued to persevere and they've created a totally new life for themselves so that's what it is right you can create something entirely new for you but you also have to to do the work and you have to do the things each and every day that's going to move you in that direction it's never going to be perfectly linear like it's not in a straight line like we're just up and we're off to success, right? There's ups and downs, there's bumps in the roads, there's days that you're going to be flying high and days where you feel like you can't accomplish anything. And that that's part of life. And that's that's the way it goes. But you just have to keep persevering. And that's that's one of the biggest messages that we, we're trying to put out to people is that you just got to keep going.
0: Love that. Uh, well, I want to get into these areas of focus, sleep, yeah. stress, and nutrition. Those are things that Uh, you specialize in and you help people with. And so I want to get into those, but I want to approach it from the perspective of an entrepreneur or a creative or someone who's super busy, driving themselves crazy, trying to complete all their projects. Uh, And I'd also like to look at it from the perspective of someone who is working from home, because including myself, I think a lot of people are working from home these days. Uh, so I don't know which one you'd like to get into first. I'm, I, what order would we want to go in? Maybe order of importance would be good. Like which one is the should we prioritize <laughs> yeah. the most? But yeah, for
1: sure, the first one, like the bottom of our hierarchy, is sleep. Right? If we think of it as a pyramid, sleep is our base. Like if we're not sleeping, everything else, like you're, you're leaving so much aspects of performance on the table. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if you're a creative. It doesn't matter if you're a parent. You have to take control of your sleep because it's the single biggest factor that's going to help you feel better the next day. And, and so many of us now we're just we we lack awareness in our sleep, or we kind of just let it be what it is. And we wake up and we're chugging coffee and, and stimulating ourselves to get through the day. But once you can become aware of it, once you become aware of what your sleep is like, what the quality is like, how much you're getting, how you're actually feeling day to day. Then you can begin to make changes and this is something i talk about all the time but i wasn't even aware of it like i didn't have a set schedule it would just i would just leave it to chance i'd stay up one night and maybe i'd watch monday night football and i'm going to bed at eleven thirty or midnight next night maybe it's a little bit later you get lost on your phone or you're watching something on netflix and even though you're getting up at the same time your sleep the time that you've allowed for sleep has changed dramatically all right so maybe one night you're allowing seven hours but you're really only getting like maybe five and a half, six hours. So that was the next step is kind of diving deep into it. I just started with a basic Fitbit and you get a Fitbit and you, you attracts your sleep pretty decently well, but it gives you, it gives you insight. And that's the thing that we think that if I go to bed from midnight and wake up at 6 AM, I got six hours sleep, but that's not necessarily how it works because your body's moving in and out of these sleep cycles. So during that time, so say you allowed what we call a six hour window, that's your sleep window that you're allowing for the time for sleep to happen. Maybe you're getting five, five and a half hours in that time, if you're lucky. So to truly get like seven, eight, eight plus hours, depending what you need, you need to increase that window to allow sleep to happen. So the easiest way for people listening right now is if you have a smartphone, that that iPhone is actually really good on this, you can set that date. Daily alarm clock, set it from the time that you need to get up at. Okay. So the last moment that you need to wake up, then backtrack to see how many hours. If you had an idea right now for yourself personally, like how many hours do you think you would need each night for sleep to feel your best? Six, seven, eight hours. Put that in, okay? And let that be your schedule. So your next day starts on the night before, right? So Your performance tomorrow starts on your sleep tonight. So you have to allow that time for sleep to happen. So that's the single biggest factor in terms of just moving forward and to make sleep a little bit of more of a priority is just becoming aware of how much time you're allowing for it to happen and create a schedule to to allow your body to to fall into sync with that.
0: Love that. And that's some super actionable advice right there. Just find out exactly when you need to wake up and backtrack and just see how long you how long that window needs to be, I really love that. Um, I've got some other questions regarding sleep, but yeah, for sure, uh, probably the biggest one that I, I personally am curious about, and I'm sure listeners are too, is just what is the most ideal like bedtime routine? like if you really want to to just kind of shut off and go to sleep, but you have a hard time doing that, like what are some tips to help people get there?
1: So I think a big factor, like we touched on briefly earlier, I think a big factor for a lot of people is that we're so stimulated all day long, and then we don't really allow time for ourselves to kind of decompress or separate from that, that the first time that we actually have just to ourselves, we're, we're just being with our thoughts is when we we shut the lights off and we're laying in bed for the first time, right? So I think that's a big factor that impacts a lot of people. but allowing yourself some time maybe it's maybe you don't have time for an hour but if you can just give yourself kind of like a 30 minute wind down routine that's like putting your phone down going through whatever Pre-bed ritual, whatever it is you have to do, shower, brush your teeth, maybe read a little bit, but just allow yourself that time to kind of come down off the the busyness of your day, right? Allow your time, allow yourself that time to to get out of that that stimulation mode, and just allow yourself time to decompress. So create if you can create a 30 minute window to allow that to happen, that's going to put you in a much better su- success to allow sleep to happen. You're allowing your thoughts to decompress. You're allowing yourself to, to address what what happened today, what went right, what didn't go so good, and just kind of drift off into that mode. But the big big qualities you want to you want to make sure that happens is don't take your phone into your room. Like that's a big, that's a big one for a lot of people is that we will create this nice time to allow our, ourselves to wind down and get in, ready for sleep and then we get into bed and then we're looking at our phone and now there's more things coming at you so you've just allowed that process and now you're just back under attack you're being overstimulated you got blue light blasting you in the eyes and it just creates a, a recipe for disaster right so try and think like as soon as you get into bed that phone is not in there with you and i know that's a hard one for a lot of us and i still struggle with it on a, on a significant basis as well and i've talked about this on our podcast quite a bit but one of the things I realized I was doing is I'd wake up in the middle of the night and grab my phone just to see what time it was. The next thing I know, I'm, I'm opening my phone. I'm looking at emails. I'm reading text messages. I'm going through Instagram. And it's two, three, four in the morning. Like, what the heck? Like, what am I doing? So to beat it, what I actually had to do is buy one of those case saves. So it's basically a lockbox. So by the time I was going to bed, I would set the time. So eight hour, nine hour window put the phone in you set the time and it locks it so you can't access it for that time so that was the only yeah. way and for the first couple of nights like i would wake up like oh what time is it like oh that doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter and you just fall back to sleep but it's funny how your brain will kick you out of sleep to check that device like that's how connected we are to these things now and we don't even realize it but yeah so long-winded story to put simply, just allow yourself some time to, to get away from those devices, allow yourself some time to wind down. So whether it's, if you have a foam roller, you can do some soft tissue work, do some breathing work, turn the lights down and, and just create that time. to Just allow yourself time to, to down regulate a little bit before you hop into bed that alone will help dramatically.
0: Awesome. Absolutely. Love that. Uh, the only other question I had regarding sleep was, um, if sleep is kind of like the same amount of hours for everyone like the the necessary sleep and then if it if it gets if you need more sleep as you get older so if elderly people need like a lot more sleep than like a 20 year old what have you or if like eight hours is just like the absolute amount for anyone
1: no, so that's going to come down to you personally, right? And that's what we talked about initially is that you have to find out what's best for you. Like maybe you feel okay with six, six and a half, seven hours. maybe you feel great at eight. Maybe you feel sluggish if you actually have more than eight, and that's a big factor for a lot of people. But what we found typically and what you what you see in a lot of the research is that as you get older, your sleep quality gets a little bit worse. so That's why a lot of elderly people will get up super early or they're up multiple times through the night using the washroom or their sleep just isn't that good so as you get older it gets a little bit more difficult to to have that effective sleep quality but in terms of like whatever that duration is that you need that's highly individual and that comes to you just playing with your window a little bit and seeing that okay which time do you feel better at and how much time do you need to allow for that to happen i know for myself i'm really really good like eight hours is really really hard for me to get for me to get eight hours of sleep i need like a nine nine and a half hour window but looking at my data now i use a whoop if i'm anywhere from like seven and a half to eight hours of of actual sleep that i get like that's where I, i feel my best so it's about kind of playing with those windows a little bit and seeing what works best for you personally
0: awesome so you heard the guy make sure you're working on your sleep (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's the it's the most important thing right and we we become so unaware of how we feel day to day and, and that's the that's the single biggest factor right there right it's we use this analogy all the time but we freak out if our smartphone gets down to 20 or 10 percent battery life, like oh my god who has a charger i need to plug this thing in but we'll run ourselves in, in the red zone all the time and we, and we just take coffee or we just keep working, working, working without allowing that time for ourselves to plug in and recharge. Absolutely.
0: Well, not to, not to beat a dead horse here, but uh, what you just said just got me thinking um, maybe when you stop work, like have an earlier time, like five or six, where you try to do that. Because um, for me personally, it's like, I stay working on things up until like 9 PM at night. And then what happens in my head is, well, I haven't allowed myself any time to watch TV or like mm-hmm. hit, hit call of duty with one of my friends, you know? Yeah. And so then I do that. And all of a sudden it's like, it's, it's getting late, but I feel like it's justified because I haven't had my, my time yet. <laughs> yeah. So no, for, for sure. Right. And then, then that comes into to end earlier.
1: Yeah. That comes into you, making your daily schedule, right? So many of us are working from home right now. So whatever time it is that you need to create for work to happen, like make sure you're creating that, but also make time for the other things that you need to do. And this is the thing, like say you're, you're starting work at 8 a.m. and you're working till five, how much high quality work are you actually getting in that time period, right? So maybe you can go from eight to 10 and then take a little break and do something for a couple hours. Maybe you can come back at one, two o'clock and then work in another one to two to three hour block, right? You're going to get so much more higher quality work done in that time as opposed to thinking like, okay, I just have to hammer this out from eight o'clock till five or six o'clock, right? So create those sections, create those opportunities to, to be flexible in your schedule and just see how much more work you get done in those smaller blocks.
0: Love that. So what's next? Nutrition, uh nutrition or stress?
1: Stress would be our, our next one up up the charts from there. So obviously this, this is this is a big one, right? So 2020 kind of kind of ratcheted up <laughs> the stress for for a lot of us in a many different, many different aspects. And 2021 isn't off to that, that much better of a start, but stress is a thing that so many of us experience, right? And we don't even realize how much it impacts us. And this is not just from from things happening in our personal life this is this is looking at things on your phone these are things coming at you right these are memes these are messages these are posts that that create a trigger in you these create a response and this creates a stress response so this goes down to like the the autonomic nervous system right so we think of sympathetic our sympathetic nervous system is our fight or flight mode okay so something triggers our brain, our body thinks, okay, we're under attack. This is like, if we go back to ancient civilizations, like there's a, there's a a lion coming after us fight, flight, or freeze. That's basically that response. And this is the same response, whether it's someone yelling at you, someone cutting you off in traffic, someone sending you a, a nasty email at work, a text message, an Instagram comment that triggers the same response. Even though the attack isn't imminent and isn't that personal, or it isn't right in front of us, that lion's not right there attacking us, it creates the same response in the body. Okay. So if this is happening over and over and over and over again, this creates chronic stress. Chronic stress is what breaks us down. It, it doesn't allow our body to, to heal or repair or recover. And that creates a, a state of dis ease, right? Disease allows we're not recovering. So our body's just breaking down and making us more susceptible to, to sickness, to illness, to, to all kinds of different diseases. So we need to, to, to separate ourselves from that state. And we can do that very easily. And we use the an analogy of like a thermostat, right? So if we think like, okay, something just happened, we're in sympathetic mode. We can grab the controls of it. And we can do this through our breath, we can do this through mindfulness practice. There's so many different ways you can do this, but it's simply just being aware that you have access to those controls and you can switch out of that state. Okay. So the simplest one is your breath. So if you just focus on taking a couple deep Inhales, exhales right from your diaphragm, breathing in, breathing out slowly. That will automatically get you out of that sympathetic mode. Okay, so say that attack just happened to you. You got a nasty email from work. Your boss is pissed. Someone's pissed. Don't just react right away and fight fire with fire. Take some time and get out of that stress response that in turn is going to boost your immune system it's going to help protect your body help protect your mental state and just help protect you as a human being so having access to those controls is is absolutely huge
0: i love that and you'll have to tell me if this is a good or bad one because this is something that i do and maybe it's just people need to recognize which things work for them but for me it's just comedy and finding something funny to snap me out of it so whether it's a funny meme or like five minutes of my favorite tv show or a youtube video from a streamer that i really like i I usually take a few of those deep breaths like you mentioned and then just go watch something that makes me laugh and feel happy again
1: yeah that's that's beautiful and that's exactly what it is it comes down to simply changing your state right are you going to sit in that state of of being pissed off and angry and, and upset or can you do something to change it? So there's there's all different kinds of ways to change it, and what you just said right there is a perfect way to change it. You've just totally changed the the state that that you're in. So that's a huge huge tool for for people to realize we so don't have to sit in this this state of just being stressed and miserable. And first of all, like. Acute stress isn't, isn't a bad thing. Acute stress is what allows us to respond. So acute stress is, is something happening. You respond, you create a change within your body. So that's the same as if you go to the gym, you're, you're doing an exercise. That's creating a stress response in your body. Your body's saying, what the heck's happening here? We don't know what's happening. We're, we're, we're under attack. Let's find a way to, to recover from this chronic stress is when that happens repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again, where your body can't adapt, your body can't recover as a result of that. So that's the stuff that breaks us down. That's the stuff that we need to avoid. So if we have a, an event that happens, that acute stress, like you did, like you just re- gave an example of right there, find a way to, to get out of it, find a way to change your state. And now it won't become chronic. Once you can do that, now you're, 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 you're on your path to success
0: got it there's so many benefits i'd imagine too to managing this stress um controlling physical health and weight gain and stuff like that but productivity it probably helps with your sleep they probably are pretty cohesive or coincide pretty well that way
1: it, it helps with everything. Yeah. Your sleep, your digestion, your, your ability to recover your relationships, right? And like now you're going to be able to notice things when they happen. Now you're going to be able to notice when, when a trigger gets you instead of flying off the, the handle and, and getting angry at, at your spouse or at your kids or at your coworker or at someone on social media. If you can find a way to notice it, it change your state, now you're not going to, you're not going to respond the same way. So that's a huge, huge transformational piece for a lot of people to, to grasp. And a big one is, is meditation and that can kind of almost be cliche now but there's a lot of people will say oh well i can't do that or my mind's too busy blah 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 but it's just a matter of just allowing that time to happen right so i remember when i first first started to, to experiment with meditation it was the same thing i would sit there for i started with the headspace app I would sit there for two to three minutes, whatever the initial time frame is, and and you're sitting there quiet, your eyes are closed, and it's just one thought after another, like coming through your head, coming at you. But once you can begin to to separate yourself from that, and the biggest analogy that clicked for me on that is they talk about, okay, think of your your thoughts, see your thoughts coming through like a blue sky, and see your thought as a cloud. Now, instead of consuming it and going like, okay, what's on that, what do I need to do? just watch it and just watch it go by. And once you can create that separation between every thought coming in your head and thinking you have to go down that rabbit hole, so to speak, and allowing a little bit of time for, to separate yourself from that. now you can begin to do that in other aspects. So whether it's, like we said, an an angry email or someone cuts you off, you're going to be able to, to find that space. And instead of reacting, Instantly, you're going to be able to pause, reflect, and then, and then change your reaction, which is so huge right now and, and needed in so many different aspects.
0: Definitely. Well, and in the two we've, we've discussed so far, the, with sleep and with stress, I've noticed two common denominators. And one is just taking a step back and allowing time for yourself. And two is phone management and what you're letting your phone control. <laughs> and yeah. so, what are your thoughts on, I guess, those social media retreats that people do where they step away for a week or so?
1: I mean, I think, I think it, here's the thing, right? Social media is like anything, it's not good or bad. It's a tool. It's de- it depends what you're doing with it, right? Like, if you can separate yourself from it, if you need to lock your phone up at night so you're not on it in the middle of the night, do it. If you need to, to close your apps and take a break for a week, do it. But if you can, if you can control your usage, say you're on there, you, you create a post and then you put it down for a couple of hours. It, it all depends on where you're at. everything comes down to just that personal awareness. Like once you can begin to become aware of what your habits are and what you're currently doing and, and, and take a look at yourself deeply, then you can start to to change it. But if you're just kind of in denial and be like, oh no, I need it because of this, this, and that, like our mind is a master negotiator, right? It's gonna, it's gonna tell us whatever we really want to hear. But if we need to create that awareness around everything, and if you can actually look at yourself in a true sense and in an honest sense and analyze your behavior, then, then maybe you need to do that and maybe you don't, but that's highly individual and that, that comes down to you.
0: Love that. Cool. I think the only one we have left now is nutrition and I don't even know where to start. So If you want to hit us (laughs) off, that'd be
1: great. (laughs) Well, well, actually we have, we have five key pillars to to wellness, but so the last three are nutrition movement. And then the top of the hierarchy is our goals, but nutrition, man, this is such, this is such a polarizing topic now for, for so many people. And we can be on the far side of, uh, veganism or on the opposite end of the spectrum carnivore diet, right? So this is like so many things in life now where we're on one side of the spectrum or the other, but it doesn't have to be that way. First of all, if you have any like medical or or nutritional concerns, you should always consult your doctor. And if they don't have a good nutritional background, look out to to nutritionists in your area, naturopathic doctors, whatever, whoever has a deep knowledge of, of understanding in that, that's the way you should go. Like if you need to have conditions of looking at your blood work or want to take a deeper dive, that's the way you should go. But for everyone else, it just comes down to like one of our simple cues is, is just eating clean, like being aware of what you're eating. And this idea of eating clean is, is so again, lost. And this is what we talk about all the time is that with whatever change we're trying to make, it's not that we don't have information anymore. Like we live in the age of instantaneous information. We have too much information now, but we need actionable information. So one of the cues we always tell people is like, obviously make sure you're drinking water, make sure you're, you're washing the sugar content that's in the products that you're eating. But a big one comes down to just make sure you're eating things that are alive or were alive at some point. So one of the simplest ways to look at this is whether it's a plant or whether it's an animal product, if you leave it out on the counter, how long would it take before that thing goes bad? If it happens relatively quickly, that's a little bit more better for you to eat than something that you can just put it out there, leave it unwrapped, leave it unopened and it's going to stay good for six months right? Like think of those things right now that you can leave out. You can go get a McDonald's Big Mac, leave it on your counter or some French fries. Have you seen those YouTube videos where that thing stays looking the exact same for about four or five, six months, right? So if, if you take a, a steak or like a fresh salad or cut an avocado in half and leave that on your counter, it's only going to be a few hours before that goes bad and you're not really going to want to eat it. So that's a good framework for people to start questioning like, okay, like, what is the actual nutritional quality of these things that I'm consuming daily? Is it just something that's in a package that I can just open up whenever I want and consume it? Cause everything comes down to this is energy that we're taking in, right? All of these things that we need to consume, whether it's us or animals, they're cons- we're consuming things that basically the sun hits them, they absorb the energy from the sun. And now we're consuming that to get that same energy, right? So we want to make sure that what we're consuming the most of is maximizing that ability for us. So we always use the analogy of a pop tart. If you take a pop tart out and leave it there, like you, that thing's not gonna change for years, right? So that thing's practically bionic. It's probably not the best thing you wanna put in your body to, to, to fuel you up for the day. So if we can create a framework like that, where people start to just look at the items that they have, that's a huge, huge win for a lot of people to, to get started on. Sweet,
0: yeah, I love that. Uh, and, and again, keeping these entrepreneurs and creatives and people working from home in mind, uh, what's like an ideal schedule for eating i know a lot of people have started like the intermittent fasting and things like that um and with that i have more questions like how long you should fast and how long the window should be for
1: your eating and, and things like that but
0: um what are what are your thoughts
1: so again that's that's really highly personal and it comes down to just taking an idea and getting an understanding of like okay if you wake up in the morning what time is the first time you usually consume something? If you just wake up and you're going to have a bowl of cereal at, at 6 AM and then you're going to work, you're working, you're kind of snacking and eating all day long You have lunch, dinner, maybe you have dinner at seven, eight o'clock. And then you're snacking and you're going to bed at, at 10. Okay. So that's what 16 hours where you've just been consuming food all day long right for that's a significant amount of time so if you look at the idea of what's called cellular autophagy this is basically allowing your body time and your cells in your body time to clear out all the all the things that it's been consuming all the things that it's absorbing so we've kind of Again, we don't have to go out and, and hunt and search and gather food anymore, right? It's readily available. It's always at our, at our fingertips. So it's so easy to just kind of be consuming, 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 consuming. So the idea of intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating is just shortening up that block. So look at the first time you eat in the morning. This is a big factor too, is that whatever you're eating, like just begin to notice how you feel. And again, this comes back to awareness, right? So if you're having... Uh, a a sugary bowl of cereal for breakfast every morning and then you're 30 minutes later you're you're feeling like you need to go grab another coffee or you're falling asleep that may not be the best thing that you should have so just play around with that change a little bit but but if we go back to that idea of time it's just a matter of, of starting to look at what time do you start eating at what time do you stop eating at and then how can you start to to shrink that window a little bit so the idea the ideal sweet spot they say for intermittent fasting or time restricted eating is 16 and 8 so having 16 hours where you're not consuming anything and then an eight hour window where you're actually consuming if you look at the studies of dr session panda has kind of been a big proponent of this but that kind of seems to be the sweet spot in terms of allowing your body time to process and clear out everything but it, you don't have to jump right to that right away so that's what we're saying is look at the first time you're consuming something look at the end point when you're consuming something and then how can we start to shrink that a little bit so if it's 12 and 12 don't think you have to jump to eight hours of 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 a food window start with go from 12 to 11 and a half to 11 to 10 and a half and maybe you notice you're, you're starting to feel a little bit better. And then you can keep going a little bit to maybe get you to, get to that eight-hour sweet spot window. Maybe you have to stay at, maybe you're physically active a lot more at your job or, or through the day. Maybe you have to stay around that 10-hour window. So again, it's highly individualized and it comes back to just you being aware of where do you feel the best? Where do you t- truly feel like you're optimizing your success on a daily basis? So that's probably the, the best way to look at that for a lot of people that are working from home right now.
0: Awesome. Well, with all of these things, um, what would be your best advice just in getting started? Because I know that this is a lot of information uh, and people are probably like, man, I can't perfectly execute all of these things right now just at the snap of my fingers. So uh, in getting started, if you are not really managing any of these things, what should be the first, I guess, goals or first baby steps to take to make sure you're going the right direction?
1: Out of all of them or just related to nutrition? Um, out of all three of these, the out of all uh, yeah, out of all three of those, I would say the first one is just look at your sleep. Right? How much time are you allowing for it to happen? Is your schedule consistent? Okay. Next, look at stress, what's triggering you the most? How can you create a a separation or awareness around what's triggering you the most? And then third, for nutrition is just noticing again, it all comes back to awareness and this can be a very abstract term that a lot of people will go in one ear and out the other, but begin to notice, like when you eat something, how do you feel after? Once you can begin to do that, you're going to be like, okay, every time I eat this, I don't really feel that good. But if I eat this, I feel great. And uh, okay, so maybe you want to expand on and explore that a little bit more. But it all comes down to that awareness, right? We, we can be so busy and so disconnected where we're just eating lunch and we're looking at our phone and we're go, 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 go. And like I said, it, it, we crash 20, 30, 40 minutes later. And then what do we do then? We grab a cup of coffee or a tea or some kind of drink to to perk us back up. And then we're just on that roller coaster. So everything, every one of these aspects of your sleep, your stress and nutrition those three important areas just comes down to awareness, right? And that's being aware of where do you feel your best? How can you be aware of what's triggering you? And, and are you aware of, of what this food is making you feel like? So once you begin to do that, now you've got your momentum going. Now you can begin to make change. But if, if we still have those blinders on and our eyes are closed, then we can't make any change because we're not aware of, of what's truly impacting our lives. Got
0: it. I love that. Uh, and you mentioned there were five pillars. So I apologize. I, d- I only prepared for these first three, but, <laughs> no, but you, no you mentioned movement though. And I think that might also be a very important one to touch on uh, with people working yeah. from home. Cause I know for me, I just, I'm sitting at my desk all day long and like movement's gotta be a huge, a huge player in that as well
1: it's a big one right and that's it's such a huge piece And it doesn't have to be exercise in terms of like going to the gym and training five days a week but it's just Allowing yourself time to, to move your body every single day, and that's whether that's taking time on your lunch break to go for a walk or do go up and down the stairs a little bit more, get up from your desk every hour and do some jumping jacks, whatever it is, you have to create time for, for that movement to happen. I know for, for me, myself, during 2020 and the pandemic and what happened. I was at my desk way more than I've ever been. And it would get to the point where after a couple hours, I start to feel like I'm feeling agitated, like I'm feeling like anxious, angry a little bit. And I started to notice this was through the, the summer. I would go out and I'd just ride my bike after or go get a little workout in the garage. And I noticed that after that, it was gone. Okay. And I actually read this in Tim Ferriss' book. This morning, or a couple of days ago, but so I forget who it was, but someone said, "the bot, the brain will always follow, follow the body." Okay? So if you're sitting in a state and you're kind of wound up and anxious, just by moving your body, again, that's going to change the state of your mind. And you think of it, again, as energy. Everything in life is moving, right? So even if it's this coffee cup, this desk, there's particles that are moving through these things constantly. We can't see them, but they're there. So again, think of how this impacts our physical body, right? Like If we're just sitting here, we're having a conversation right now, there's so much energy moving through us, whether it's the Wi-Fi, whether it's the sound, the speaking, whatever it is, there's so much energy moving through us. If we just kind of we're sitting stagnant, that's not good for us. Okay, so we need to move that energy through. And analogy we always use is, if you look at a swamp. Okay, so they're both water, right? But a a swamp isn't moving what's happening. It's not very, it's not very clean. It's not very clear. It's not very healthy, right? It's just water. That's not moving. And now look at a free flowing river, right? There's so much more movement. There's so much more life. There's so much more energy moving through that two things of the same substance, but one is sitting still and one's moving. So for the health of our bodies it's so important. Like we have to move that energy through us each and every day.
0: I really like that. I like those analogies a lot and I think that's going to really resonate with people. Uh, well, this is a fire episode, man. Uh, I have this ending segment I do call the upbeat seats uh, that I'd love to to run through those questions with you. But before Let's we do it. that, is there anything that else you wanted to add that maybe I didn't touch on?
1: No. J- well, just the last piece is goals, right? So I know that can be a very fleeting thing for a lot of people, but in terms of goals, like one of the biggest things you can do is. Take them out and write them down. This is literally the first step to making those things become real. There's so many things going through our head each and every day, but unless we actually pluck it out, put it on the wall, or write it down on a piece of paper where you can see us, see it, it's going to get lost. So taking it out of your head and actually writing it down is the first step towards making it become a physical thing and making it happen. So whatever those goals are for you, if you're listening at home, like take them out of your head and write them down because that's the first step. That's your first action potential, your first piece of momentum to get you moving in that direction. So write those things down. Awesome. Really
0: good stuff from Jason Douse. Uh, so on this upbeat seats, I've just got a few quick questions. Uh, Jason, what makes you upbeat
1: (laughs) for me, man? I I know it's going to sound cliche to a lot of people, but I just like, I love living. I love, life I love I'm truly grateful for every single day and this is a big thing for a lot of people is that that idea of gratitude or being grateful can get lost but like we said before you can always change your state right so one of the biggest things you can do is and one of the most transformational pieces for me in my life was just allowing that time each and every morning to to get into moving your body a little bit and finding that place of gratitude. So just taking time to close your eyes and think about things that you're truly grateful for in your life right now, things that you're working on and things that you want to have happen in the future. So when you can do that, like that puts you in the ultimate state of of love of receiving of gratitude itself so it's not just writing it down on on a piece of paper and not having any connection to it i did that a couple years ago where i tried to do a gratitude practice and i started typing something out on my computer i'm like i was worried about what i was writing down like is this good like you're just kind of filling in the blank but you're not really feeling it you're not really thinking it through fully so this is idea of Joda Dispenza's idea of thoughts and beliefs, thoughts and emotions. Like those are the keys to, to making anything happen. So if you can start from a place of gratitude each and every day, the rest of your day is going to be better because you set yourself up to, for, for a place of success. And that's what makes me upbeat, man, is I love living every single day and, and, and just feeling that feeling and propelling that forward each and every day.
0: Awesome! Yeah, that reminds me. I in doing my research, trying to learn more about you, I listened to your episode with Jeff Lopes, and he asked you your superpower what what you would want your superpower to be, <laughs> and you said immortality because you love life so much.
1: That's that's true, man. That's what it is. And I know that that may rub a lot of people the wrong way, but uh, that that that's true, and that's what we're here to do, right? There's so many things that can happen in your life, but how can you be grateful for, for everything that's led you to this moment right now? Like for us to be able to have this conversation for all the new things that you've been able to do through 2020 and into 2021, like, yes, there's things that happen that are going to set you back a little bit, but put yourself in that place of gratitude each and every day and everything else is going to get better from that. So always find the, find the way to change your state.
0: Love it. Uh, who is your number one influence or inspiration? Oh, that's a tough one.
1: There's so many, honestly. Like I think if I think back to it, it has to be my parents, right? So how they impacted us growing up, my sister and myself, is just how much love they have for each of us, how many things they're able to provide for us, even when when things weren't that easy, but they're always there for you no matter what. And it's that true idea of, of unconditional love, right? So that's that's such an important piece. And for anyone else who 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 doesn't have that or didn't have that, whether it's, it doesn't matter if it's a parent, a friend, an acquaintance, someone at school, someone at work, but these are the people that impact you. So whatever that is, again, that comes down to that, that piece of gratitude every single morning. So I literally think back to, to those, those people and those moments and those states, and that allows you to power yourself up for the day.
0: What music do you listen to, to stay upbeat and motivated?
1: That depends on what I'm doing. So my musical taste is all over the place. If it's it's driving, it could be country. So a big fan of like 90s country, uh, 90s alternative. If I'm training right now, it fluctuates a little bit. It can be rock or it's like some classic hip hop. Before hopping on this t- with you today, we had a little mixture of some old school hip hop in there, some modern hip hop. We had uh, the Rocky Balboa theme, the Batman theme. So some of these things that will change your state and just kind of energize you. So that's a, that's all over the spectrum and kind of depends on where I'm at and what I'm doing.
0: What is your favorite word?
1: Right now, the shirt that I'm wearing is probably durable. I think that that's a good word for all of us to 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 focus on a little bit right the ability to withstand the ability to to withhold anything or resist that's an important piece for, for, for all of us to listen to. Like so many things that are happening right now, but how can you be durable in your daily life? How can you be durable to be your best self moving forward? There's going to be always so many things coming at you. How can you stay strong and just continue to move in the direction that you want to be? So right now I'd say my favorite word is durable. Sweet. Uh,
0: and this one's kind of fun, but do you have any favorite TV shows or anything that you're watching right now?
1: You know, right now, so uh, my partner and I, we just got into, she suggested Modern Family, actually enjoying that, never really watched that. Um, But also last night I started Cobra Kai, and that was kind of interesting. I think after the first episode, it got me hooked. But uh, for me personally, I'm not sure if you're familiar with The Curse of Oak Island. That's probably my favorite show right now. It kind of touches into a lot of aspects of history, looking at what's happened on this island in Nova Scotia. And there's so many pieces of evidence that they found there of people being there and the idea is that there's a long lost treasure there and they haven't been able to access it. And people have been trying to find this treasure for over 200 years. And they're just starting to finally find these little bit of pieces to, to move them closer in that direction. So I'm hooked on that show, even though nothing really happens significantly from week to week, a lot of people, We make jokes about, but uh, I enjoy it a lot.
0: Awesome. Very interesting. Uh, Last one here. What is uh, your favorite social media platform or where can people find you?
1: Right now, it's probably Instagram. That's the one we spend the most time on. Um, Just like the ability to connect. It seems a lot more positive than, than Twitter. So Twitter was the first one we got on years ago, but I open Twitter now and it's like negativity coming at you in about 20 to 30 seconds like you can almost start a clock until you start going to that feed and like oh there it is oh there it is so this is what we talk about find those things that that are triggering you find that find that awareness to what is setting you off and if it is that just separate yourself from it right you can go to something that's a little bit more positive and that's what led me more to instagram and that's actually talking with uh daryl stinson who you know late last week is we talked about the this Clubhouse app and that's really interesting to me too because it's all people that are are like-minded and looking to improve in whatever aspect of life that you're interested in you can listen to them talk and have conversations so that's kind of a new one on the radar that that seems pretty intriguing even though I have no idea really what's happening in there yet
0: awesome yeah i've heard of Clubhouse i really wanted to get on that but i have an android phone so doesn't work for us
1: yet. Oh, really? It's only on. It's only on iOS. Yeah, it's only on iOS, oh. and
0: uh, I think they're planning on launching it for Android soon. But who knows? Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they will.
0: When I do, invite me to a, a room or whatever they're called. Well,
1: we'll do. hopefully, I figure out uh, what's happening there by then.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, I like to close these episodes out with uh, beatboxing the guest's name, so I'll go ahead and, and beatbox for you, real quick. Oh,
1: wow! Excited for this.
0: Did you read
1: about Jason? oh my god awesome. wow to you for that yeah, of course. Uh, so there you have it, guys. My
0: interview with Jason Douse. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. You can find me on my website, parkerkane.co and Jason on Instagram at your J- yourcoachjd or at live.epic. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode or got value from the episode, please share it with a friend and leave an upbeat review. That is always much appreciated. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.